Before we get started, Dead and Married would like to thank those very close to our Dead Black Hearts, our patrons. Thank you to William Rush, Karima Rhodes, my best friend and fellow Tom Atkins lover, Gary Horton, Carissa. Jonathan says thank you. Dr. Sexy himself, Kent Morton. Oh yeah. Kate Lamp, Travis's cowgirl, Lala Thomas. Hey girl. And last but certainly not least, our friends over at the Podmortem Podcast. You can also check out their very own show every Monday on all major platforms. And now, on with the show. Warning. The following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. Hogly dogly deadites, welcome to Dead and Married. I'm Aiden. I'm Travis. And I'm Ashley. And today we're covering how Corey Feldman ruined Christmas. I, sorry, how <laughs> the gremlins ruined Christmas. We're just gremlins. We're just gremlins. Yeah. Aiden, um, what year did this come out? <laughs> this came out in 1984. It was directed by Joe Dante and written by Chris Columbus. There you go. Good job. <laughs> wow, you got it all in one go. We'll make a really podcaster out of you yet. Good you job. Won't. I refuse to be a podcaster. <laughs> It's a little late for that. I know. <laughs> really late. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Now that that's out of the way, yes, everything Aiden just told you is true. We are doing all those things. <laughs> Honey, I'm looking for you to pick this up. <laughs> I think I think you, both of you have driven it so far off the rails. <laughs> that I, mean, I need don't you know to that pull out your GPS. <laughs> and find your way back over. We're, uh, or, well, I'm proud of this, this intro. <laughs> This is the most po- this is the most chaos I think I've caused on this podcast to date. Maybe. No, I so this was I saw this movie like when it came out. I oh think. yeah. I would have been like 4 years old, 5 oh, years old okay. or something like that. Like I was little. I would only been a year old. This movie scared the shit less. out of me when I was a kid. Like before the movie was even over, I was like looking around the theater wondering if there were gremlins in the theater. Like Didn't it was really we all dark. Do that? And like if they were crawling around in there, how would you know? Like you wouldn't know until they <laughs> grabbed you. So I, I don't think I saw it when I it came out because I would have been less than a year old probably. But I do remember watching it as a kid and same thing, scared the shit out of me, but not for the same reason you did. I think it was maybe that last 10 minutes of the film whenever Spike is looks like a de- demeated rotisserie chicken. <laughs> How do you say that? Demeated? I, I don't know where you're going with <laughs> it's that. like the carcass of a rotisserie chicken. He was reverse deboned. <laughs> I guess. And, and that line from Randall Peltzer, the, you know, turn on all the lights, whatever, there might be a gremlin in your house. I remember, like, legitimately freaking out, like, after the fact, and in fact, turning on all the lights. Yeah. Um, I saw this when I saw this. I, I'm not sure <laughs> when exactly that was. Um, but since then, this has been like a favorite movie of mine. I don't remember this scaring me, but I might be jaded from watching it a million times. So, and apparently it did at one point in time well, or another. I can fill in a little bit of that gap for you. I think you were probably three or four years old, maybe when you saw it and you loved it. It was like one of your favorite films and you, when we, we had the DVD and you would put it on to go to sleep. And you would usually be fine as long as the movie was going, but as soon as it got to the main menu of the DVD and played the Gremlins theme, then you'd be like, Mom! (laughs) So I would have to go back in and restart the movie for you because (laughs) the theme song freaked you out. 
Okay, um, I, never mind. We'll, I guess we'll get to that later. My brain's just, my brain's firing off because I wanted to make a joke, but I realized we should probably wait until we cover the beginning of the movie for me to make that joke, well, so. Well, we, we, we can do that now. No, oh, okay. No, I, I just thought we'd talk about seeing it now, like your first uh, impression versus seeing it now, because while the movie now. scared me then, but now, it's not a scary movie, and it's got 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I don't think it's all that good. So I wouldn't say that it's not good. It is a good movie. And we watch it every Christmas without fail, just about. But my problem is, is I guess that I watching it now, I don't know that it actually has a lot of substance to it. I think that was the big conclusion we came up with is you have things that are set up, but for the last, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes of the movie, nothing really happens. Well, so it, it it's, I think a lot of that is because of how, so Chris Columbus turned in a script that was a legit horror movie, right? Right. That had like people getting murdered and like gremlins chewing people's faces off. Decapitations. Right. And it was, it was a, the real deal. I'd like to see and that movie, they by the way. got in there and they were like, no, no, we're going to cut this and we're going to chop that. Well, that's and, due to the involvement of Steven Spielberg. Right. So basically, because he wanted he put to put on Doctor Evil there. Yeah. Right. Because he wanted, he didn't want a rated R movie, mm-hmm. and he wanted to be able to sell a bunch of tickets. So right. basically, by the time they got finished editing everything in the original script, it suffered from pretty severe Tolkien syndrome. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that I think we all kind of noticed is that after about the first fifteen minutes of the movie, where Gizmo is is clearly the the focus of the movie. Mm-hmm. The whole middle section, he's just a cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mom and was... It's because it was not written that way. Yeah. Uh, mom was looking at me kind of confused when I said Tolkien syndrome. Uh, for anyone who hasn't watched The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, I'm referring to the fact that every action scene is preceded by 30 to 45 minutes of walking and hiking <laughs> and talking. Good job, Randall. No, I was so. going to say, don't get all Randall on us. Yeah. Oh, it's, they're good movies. They're amazing but books. But no, it's so just... I, from, what, from what I understand, the, the original thing with Gremlins was that Gizmo turns into Stripe or right. Spike or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, at the end, they have the final battle or whatever, and he turns back into Gizmo. Mm-hmm. You know, Duel of the Fates plays, and then Gizmo gets thrown into a, like, I don't know, Sunbeam or something, you know, classic. He burns his legs off or what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but so they changed it so that Spike is a, or Stripe, is it, which one is it? I think it's Stripe. Is an adversary separate from Gizmo. So Gizmo's still there, but that's, was never what was intended and they didn't know what to do with him. And that's the reason you just get like reactions from yeah. Gizmo throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason the middle of the film feels like it sort of drags on. I mean, the, the film's an hour and 45 minutes or so long. I thought it was over two hours. No, it's an hour and 46. Okay, okay. But it feels longer than that. It felt longer to me watching it today for some reason. Yeah, Yeah. and I know that when we were watching it and you were like, well, we got to be able to talk about this. And I was like, talk about what? Right. Like there's been three jump scares and then we've watched Gremlins tear shit up for the last... 15, 20 minutes, and that's all that's happened. Yeah. Right. Um, but also, I feel like you can see some of that horror element, not in how they interact with people, but the environment. Because, like, you can see that they were supposed to be much scarier whenever you watch one of them tear through a metal vent or 
throw a saw halfway through a wall. Like, obviously enough, physically, they were supposed to be much more imposing than how they ended up to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, we'll, clearly. We'll get into plot holes and stuff throughout, but I, I just wanted to say, because this made me think of... Uh, Podmortem actually covered Gremlins last year. And I remember Travis, Podmortem's Travis, of course, saying something along the vein of either he didn't really find Gizmo all that cute as much as other people did, or he didn't think the movie was all that people had made it out to be. And at the time, I was like, oh my god, how could you feel that way? And then watching it today, I was like, okay, I think he has a point. Yeah. Just a little. I think he has points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think as a kid, I didn't really like Gremlins that much. I didn't even like the movie that much. I think as a kid, I think I liked Gizmo. Or I liked the merch that was associated with Gizmo. Because it- this came out in the 80s. And back in the 80s, every time they kicked out a movie that had anything in it at all that could be marketable to children, you had lunchboxes. Oh. And shit at Pizza Hut that you got when you ordered a personal pan pizza. Right. And, you know what I mean? There was action figures and pajamas yeah. and sheets. Is it fair and- to say that... Perhaps even maybe we enjoy part two more than the original. Oh, no, that's more than fair. Yeah. Um, but also, I feel like with me, my like my love of this movie is also what apparently sparked my obsession with fuzzy little goblin creatures. Um, well, because like, even to this day, it's just I like things that are small and fuzzy <laughs> and could most likely rip my hand off. Okay. Well... <laughs> You can do the introspection later. I would say that probably with you, you're resting on the shoulders of Gizmo. Or or your love of the movie rests on the shoulders of Gizmo pretty much. Which I think for us, for most of us, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not that the film is bad. The film is really good. And and I, I have a lot of praise for a lot of the stuff, you know, technically that went into it. It's just, like Travis says, when you sit and you talk about this movie, you think about it scene by scene, beat for beat... There's really nothing for a good chunk there where you're just like, they're destroying the city. Yeah. You know? But, I, okay, I will say, I feel like a good bit of my love for slapstick, mildly cynical comedy also comes from this film. I'm sorry. Okay. So, the, the, gremlins, the gremlins are just awesome. Well, because every single, like, almost every single um, shot of them that's hilarious is because they're making fun of something or they're tearing right. something up. And it's just, yeah, it's that same of, I like, the fun, the violence is funny, the making fun of things is funny. Well, that, and that's the case in the part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the gremlins themselves are the best part of both films. Right. Yeah. Um, sadly, in the first one, you don't get as much of that as you need to really make the film Right. Well, great. that's that's yeah. my thing about part two, and, and it could just come down to gimmick, right? But I think that there's just more fun to be had when they do the experiments, or rather, the gremlins get into all this experimental stuff, and you start getting your variations of gremlins. You know, of course, you have one that turns into a female, and then you have, like, the vegetable one, and you have the terrifying spider one, you have the, the bat one. There's, I think, there's a lot of fun to be had just going through those variations right. of gremlins. Well, I think I think the point though is that when you got the when the gremlins are on screen it's like watching Looney Tunes. Yeah. 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 And so they're the most entertaining part of both films. And unfortunately in this one you really don't get enough of them on screen. Yeah. To make up for well, Randall Peltzer, honestly. <laughs> Speaking of which, most horrible. To put that in context, we should talk about the cast. So Billy is our our lead for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, played by Zach Galligan, and he was not a super well known actor when they cast him. Phoebe Cates plays Kate. She's sort of the love interest. 
Um, and she was coming off Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I think, was what she did right before this. Hoyt Axton plays Randall Peltzer, the worst inventor in the world. Um, <laughs> the worst some, in the world. This, here's the thing. there's there's It's not a small cast necessarily, but a lot of them are, they don't have huge parts. Corey Feldman does play Pete. No, He's wait, just my bad. Sort of Corey Feldman is the worst. In the way. <laughs> Dick Miller is Mr. Futterman. He might be the worst. <laughs> he might be the worst. Easily second. Uh, Polly Holiday plays Miss Deagle. That's God, not there normally... are a lot of people in this film that are just the worst. And hey, hold she on. is she's pretty, Hear me pretty out. terrible. Futter and Deagle tie for second because uh, Dick is just <laughs> racist, and then uh, Deagle is just well, he's xenophobic. Yeah, people. I was gonna say I don't know that he's so much racist as he is xenophobic. Yeah. So and potato, then, potato. Yeah, and then treats his wife like shit. So. Yeah, Judge Reinhold's in this. He plays Gerald Hopkins, and he's he's one that they introduce him, and you're like, okay, okay, so this is somebody we've seen before. He's another Fast Times alumni, uh, alumni. Mm-hmm. and then clearly they cut all his shit. Yeah, because he's in like two scenes and then gone. Yeah, yeah. And let's see, who's that other guy? Who's the guy from? Because I'm not seeing him here, but you have uh, Mike from Breaking Bad. Oh, 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 Jonathan Banks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's in this. Mike motherfucking Airman Trout. Right. (laughs) (laughs) that face, Aiden? She's gonna need a shoe. (laughs) God. So, I mean, the cast is respectable. Mike got done so dirty in freaking Breaking Bad. I feel so bad for him. The cast in this film's respectable. It's people that have got uh, some legitimate acting skill. I don't feel like any of it got leveraged in this movie at all. Not really. The people were not the thing we were here for. That's kind of fair. That's kind of fair. I just... I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you need them to like chew up the screen or anything like that. But well, pretty much everyone. A other... lot of these, it looks like they just kind of phoned it in. Yeah. <laughs> well, because everyone other than like I guess our main cast of like like the male lead and uh, Kate's, I can't remember his name. I would say Mrs. Deagle. She gave a pretty good she performance did. because we fucking hate her. Well, I was she gonna, did. I was gonna say everyone other than like that tiny group of three, them and Gizmo, was either just a horrible person or not likable. And even then, like our main main character is just a klutz. Like, and then Gizmo is not in the movie enough. Like, I don't know. It's just. They really didn't do anything other than, here's a big this, red target. This really is a movie that is a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> it is. Well, I think this this is another this is a film that in order to really like it, you have to you have to have some nostalgia behind it. Yeah, I agree. Because you know, I still like Gizmo, even though as an adult, I mean, it's not this is not the best movie out there. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just because I saw it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I had the cereal, the breakfast cereal, <laughs> which basically I had one of those suction cup Gizmos. Yeah, basically the breakfast cereal was Captain Crunch, just different Aren't shapes. Are they all like Mr. T cereal? Hey, was don't you also... don't do not talk shit about Mr. T cereal. I'd still just Hold fucking on. Captain Crunch. I, I, is it not? Yes. I pity the fool who makes fun who makes fun of Mr. T cereal. I was thinking of Pee Wee Herman. I pity fool. Don't eat my cereal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of those though that came out uh, in the eighties when I was a kid that it was themed around a movie or uh-huh. or a personality like Mr. T, and that's mm. all it was. It was Captain Crunch. They just were in different shapes. Right. Exactly. Um, I think all his were T's. Yes. Yes, they were. <laughs> Um, but like, I feel like, I feel kind of gypped that we never got one that was like Arnold Schwarzenegger based, like Captain Schwarzenegger's, um, or better yet, Captain Schwarzenegger's. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like chicken nuggets. <laughs> what? Got it, got it, got it. I'm sorry for the technical difficulty <laughs> we just suffered. You, you are the technical difficulty. <laughs> no, because Aiden was mid-sentence and all of a sudden I hear rip. <laughs> and so... But the 
that Asian just casually ripped ass in the middle of his sentence. <laughs> and it wasn't Travis. His chair is is a leather chair, and he was adjusting his chair. And I, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to lose it like that, guys. So anyway, Captain Schwartz Nugger. <laughs> Captain Schwartz Nuggers. So is that like a chicken nugget breaded in protein powder? Absolutely. With HCG in everybody. I'm kind of surprised they didn't have those in the 80s. I mean, they would have just breaded them in steroids, probably, because in the 80s they didn't give a and shit. The, and the prize in the boxes and lead paint car. <laughs> yeah, probably. Put a hair in your balls, I don't know. Right. Anyway, so I guess before we talk about the acting too much, we should move on to the story itself. So mm-hmm. the, the premise is pretty straightforward, um, except no, it's, it's not so much. So what do you get the boy that has everything? Where do you yeah. go when you have the boy that has everything? So the, the, yeah. the story to me is, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So originally the dad is in Chinatown mm-hmm. looking yeah, for New York. a gift slash trying to peddle his latest weird-ass invention. The bathroom buddy, and which sounds kind of hmm, <laughs> suggestive. Yeah, and later... <laughs> yeah. And, but later in the film, you, get, you get kind of the idea, and, and Judge Reinhold's character even says something about... Can you, can you just imagine, sorry, for one minute, you're in the bathroom handling your business, and this guy just slides on his back under your door. Just... <laughs> Need help with anything, buddy? <laughs> ah, yes. The bathroom I don't, buddy. I don't understand where that's coming from. The bathroom buddy. But. <laughs> so you get the impression later that he's not a great inventor. I guess money is a problem. But sort of for them. Because yep. he's. Uh, Billy's working at the bank and uh, a comment gets made by Judge Reinhold's character. You know, you're having to support your family or whatever. Yeah. Well, but and he, then the mom brings it up later right. mrs deagle called but they never come right out and say what the problem right. actually is right but he's able to go into this like an antique shop or whatever yeah and throw it in 200 bucks for a mogwai never asks what a mogwai is which is something i think it's weird about this is it at no point does anybody look <laughs> at this little furry creature that can sing and is like what is that what, what in the good is, jesus is this fuzzy meatball that you've slammed in front of me yeah is this like an alien or whatever Looks like it belongs like on a plate in ikea furry bigger bipedal thing that yeah. sings what the fuck um hiccup sorry but anyway and it comes with rules and they immediately violate the rules and yeah that's so, pretty much the end of the story <laughs> yeah but so one of one of my favorite parts of this film and it's something that uh, someone else mentioned is that he's like oh yeah this is exactly what i'm looking what i'm looking for i checked I've everywhere been, else yeah, I've been and everywhere. it's like oh wow so you were looking for a small furry singing meatball and you right. checked everywhere but the mystical antique store in the middle of chinatown to find a small fuzzy mystical well, creature he's like this is exactly what i've been looking for what is it <laughs> so you were looking for something terribly specific but you didn't know what it was yeah anyway but he throws down two hundred dollars cash for this thing, and well, the the grandfather or the owner of the store, the right. proprietor, he didn't want to sell it. Yes, at all. and um, the boy, I guess they're having trouble <laughs> with money too because the boy's like, kind of sneaks him off to the side and is like, "No, we'll take the money." Right. But after they get get Gizmo home and they violate the rules and the gremlins spew forth, and then it's sort of just a hijinks type of thing until the end. To get to the final showdown, sort of. Pretty yeah. much. So, I mean, you get to meet some of the weird characters in the 
they live in this little town and uh the gremlins tear shit up yeah they which, tear up uh the town that back uh, in the future was filmed in yeah that's the same set but like, to exactly the same set yeah, but we we got to talk about more. Yeah, but <laughs> talk about it more than that. No, I'm just getting hit like the the overview. But to be fair, some of my that's what a synopsis yeah, is. Um, there we are, there are highlights in this, like uh, launching Miss Deagle out of her house through the second story window, and uh, hitting Dick with a tractor, and uh, the the entire thing where they're watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um, that's I don't know. Like there there's really funny moments in this at least in well, their their yeah. whole. Uh, we're not, we're yeah. not saying that there that, that, that there's well, not. That, that's part of the story. I think, though I think Dad's point was that it's just a really simplistic story. There's yeah. not there's no deeper meaning. There's no overarching. Well, okay, I guess there is an overarching thing, and it's basically like deals with themes of maturity and irresponsibility there's just not much of it and uh taking on things that you don't understand basically um either way to get a more in-depth summary of it uh after the inventor guy gets home gives it to his son uh cory feldman ruins everything (laughs) cory feldman just failed man cory failed man just ruins everything by immediately getting Gizmo wet within, what, like, ten minutes of meeting him? Which then leads Gizmo to undergo <laughs> horrific childbirth in the span of 30 seconds. Like, Yeah, and they just sat back and watched. Like, little Gizmo is laying there on his, like, on his stomach, like... Screaming, screaming bloody and murder. And, yeah. And flailing his feet and legs oh, while his so back cute. bubbles and pieces of him start popping off. Yeah. With a little furry ball pieces yeah um it looked like tribbles he was spewing tribbles from star trek oh i was like what are tribbles <laughs> yeah, my yeah. my immediate thought I, had was... to, I had to sit through many an episode of the original star trek oh okay yeah. Yeah, my, I didn't. My, immediate... <laughs> my, my mom was a james t kirk fan anyway <laughs> my immediate thought was just that he was spewing out palette swapped critters well the yeah. thing yeah. Anyway, is is but, and they just sit there and they're like oh this is kind of cool yeah that's <laughs> no? what i was about to say is is that they do tell them that there's rules to owning a Mogwai, but they never specifically say the uh, side effects. Yeah, like they don't under they don't give the grave importance well, of of why these rules are in place to begin. They with. give the grave importance of one, which is don't put him in direct sunlight; it'll kill him. That's it. <laughs> right, but that seems to be like the least important of right. all of them. Mm-hmm. It's the least impactful, anyway. At least until the end. He never. They don't ever explain what happens if you get him wet. So uh-huh. the three rules, right? No direct sunlight, don't get them wet, don't feed them after midnight. Right. Which means they can never eat, because technically it's always just after midnight, (laughs) so midnight happens again. But at no point do they ever explain what happens if you do those two things, other than, like you said, the sunlight thing will kill them. Yeah. But he never says, if you feed them after midnight, this will happen, or if you get them wet, then that's how they reproduce. But I guess that means that at their base, aren't they just vampires? Food is bad, water is bad, and sunlight is bad. Like How was water? Holy water. Holy water is bad for vampires. Okay, I I guess that's an assumption you can make. No, like, that's, that's an actual thing. So, let's talk about the characters for a minute. Okay, because apart from Billy, Gizmo, maybe Billy's mom, I don't... Well, and Phoebe Cates' character, what's her her name again? I forget. Does anybody remember? Phoebe Cates. No. Yeah, her name's Kate. Yeah. Apart from just like a few, pretty much all the characters in this 
are trash. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, they just sort of pass through. They they don't really stick around. Well, I just mean that not a lot of them have any redeeming qualities to them. Okay, so like let's start with let's start with the dad, Randall, right? Right. He's got to be the most useless character in this whole <laughs> film. Well, and it's keep... nothing against the actor, obviously. Yeah. Right. No, he he's just pushing his little his bathroom buddy and what is it a smokeless ashtray? Yeah. yeah. But you have he... again and this is this is a small pet peeve of mine. I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but they do imply that this family is struggling for money, which to be fair, it doesn't look like they are. I they... mean, I know that that real estate was probably cheaper in the 80s, you know. Yeah. Our grandparents are all, "Well, when I was your age, I bought my house with a nickel." You yeah, know, so <laughs> they Remember like... there's one scene in the movie where gas was what, 75 cents a gallon. Right. Yeah, yeah and... that's fair. Yeah, and they have like decorative swords up. But they're obviously hurting for money, supposedly, and Billy's having to help support them. But and mom's a stay-at-home mom, which again back then was pretty typical. But dad's out there just trying to sell inventions, and so that kind of I don't know why that irritates me a little bit, but it is. It's like go get a real job, dude. <laughs> yeah, but you'll notice that you, even though the house itself looks fine, I mean, it looks like they're. A middle-class family. Yeah. Um, nearly everything in, in the kitchen is a uh, Pelter product. Right. Peltzer. Sorry. <laughs> and none of it, none of it works. Yeah. None of it works. Yeah. Like he can't, they can't even juice an orange. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it takes one orange and quadruples the mass of that orange and spits it all back out. <laughs> but, and they yeah. They need a machine to crack an egg. And the thing is that, like, none of it works and he still pushes it. So he's basically just a snake oil salesman <laughs> through this entire movie. That is that is a true statement. <laughs> because his, what is it, the bathroom buddy? Yeah. It's basically a Swiss army knife, but it's all right. your bathroom stuff. Like toothbrush, toothpaste, toothpick, a dental mirror. Yeah. yeah. A comb. Like, there's all... Basically, it's a grooming kit. Yeah. Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And, well, I guess the most defunct part of it is that it's pretty much BYOT because the toothpaste dispenser just kind of covers everyone in sticky stuff every time its <laughs> button gets pushed. Yeah. <laughs> I know I worded that in the worst way, worst way possible. That was yeah. the point. <laughs> well, you know, there's that one part where Billy comes down there and he's like, no, 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 don't push that button in it. It does shoot stuff all over his face. <laughs> but my point is, and apart from Randall being exposition guy, which, how does he know the entire story if he wasn't fucking there for the majority of the film? He was trying to sell an ashtray to a gas station attendant. How the fuck does he know anything that happened? <laughs> maybe, right. maybe now he's just trying to sell this story. It's his next it's his next product he's shopping it around <laughs> so since he's our narrator does that mean this whole shit was made up <laughs> could oh be oh my god because nothing else he saw nothing else he peddled to work the perfect the, does yeah. that mean this whole story was a lie since the, he was the narrator the perfect example of an unreliable narrator exactly i was thinking the same thing but no and then we also established that it's christmas time and this is i think from the majority of the film christmas eve and where's dad off peddling his shit instead of being with his family mm-hmm. so they they have this one scene at the end where pretty much Stripe is defeated, and then Dad finally walks in, and I'm like, "What are you gonna do, fucker? Save the day? Like it's too late now." Well, he thought somebody might need to do some grooming, so he <laughs> brought his bathroom buddy. I don't know. I just again, maybe I'm being a dick about it, but he just he's in the movie for like ten minutes, maybe mm-hmm. to, if you add all of his scenes up together. He's barely in the movie at oh, all. Yeah. 
And he's useless. Yeah, that that's yeah. my thing. Apart from buying Gizmo, what purpose? And, and, and having these faulty inventions, which to me doesn't serve the story at all. There's, or, there's no point except one of them. It, one of his inventions is used to kill a gremlin. That's yeah. about it. Hold there, on. There's no point. But maybe what he what he thought might happen is that maybe Gizmo was smoking and wanted to triple the smoke output of a reasonable cigarette. Yeah, it could be. It could be. <laughs> but a lot of the characters in this film are like that. Billy's character is mostly useless. Mm-hmm. Um, what Phoebe Kate's character, what Kate sees in him, I don't you understand. You better stop. He's a klutz. He, he was my childhood crush. He's kind of a klutz. He, he's got no real motivation or ambition to do anything with his life. And, like, she's hustling two jobs. She works at the bank, mm-hmm. and she works, what, weekends on the bar? and Weeknights. Like, she and, was Well, in- she was already working weekends, I think. And then when they see her later, she's like, well, I'm working weekdays, too. Yeah. So, I mean, this girl's working. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, like, still living with his parents and... He has, like, zero social skills. with the neighbor, which the neighbor but lady... But he's working, too. Again, he's basically supporting his family at his this His nameplate was upside down. <laughs> And he telekinetically flipped it back over. He did. Indeed, he did. (laughs) He can't even tie a tie. (laughs) No. He's got a clip on. But like uh, Miss Deagle. Miss Deagle, she's insane. Horrible. And she serves no purpose to the film other than just to... Just to be a bit... She's just an antagonist. That's all she is. But she doesn't further the plot at all. No, she's just two scenes. So this is... Forgive me for the blasphemy I'm about to speak here. This is kind of like a Twin Peaks situation where we're in the small town and we're just dealing with all of these kooky characters and something happens. Yeah, so we're first introduced to Miss Deagle where she, like, storms into the bank carrying a ceramic snowman head. Yeah, and she she comes up to Billy while he's at his uh, at his desk or his teller window or whatever at the bank, and he can't remember to cross the T in his name on his own signature. Oh my gosh! But so she's threatening. I guess his dog knocks Barney. Barney knocked over her imported Croatian it was snowman Bavarian, or whatever. Excuse you, Bavarian. Like and so the all that all that's left is the head, and now she wants to kill his dog for that yeah she's she's standing there in a bank full of people wanting to have his dog euthanized yeah and then well hold on and then as she's yelling this no one cares when five minutes later oh my poor heart well (laughs) like she's got a pacemaker or something so just just to sort of add to the fact that billy's kind of a waste too he brought his dog to work with him and has the dog tied oh. underneath his desk. This is not the right audience for you to, to make that complaint to. Dogs are amazing and beautiful. Uh, not saying that they're not. I'm saying that probably there's no take your dog to work day when you work at a bank. <laughs> That's fair. You don't tie the dog up in the knee hole of your desk. Yes, but if but wouldn't you want to is the point. Not you wouldn't. You no, wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. But most people would want to bring their dog to work. But I also want to say that dog but, is incredibly strong. But this was the 80s. <laughs> okay. It wasn't a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, either that dog is incredibly strong or uh, what's his name? The Klutz? Billy. Or Billy's not tying skills are horrible because he basically ties the dog down with a shoestring. Well, you, but you, you see the dog yeah. untie the knot. Yeah. He, he chews oh. it and pulls it yeah. out. He just like Benji's okay. his way right out of there. Yeah. This I, is the smartest <laughs> fucking dog I've ever seen. <laughs> and then goes um, after Miss Deagle who immediately develops a heart condition. Yeah. <laughs> you say that, but I've seen dogs open people lures with the round knobs and everything. <laughs> so funny, funny story. This dog was apparently super smart. And this this dog has been in multiple films. I believe his real name is Mushroom. And mm-hmm. that dog was also featured in the film Pumpkinhead, um, which when Isabel heard 
the dog's name was Mushroom. She just about squealed her little self to death. But the the grim the Mogwais and Gremlins were all puppets, and the dog did not know how to differentiate, and he thought they were real creatures. So all of the dog's reactions in the film are, are legitimate. I thought that was adorable. He thought his little friends were getting murdered. He was so sad. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool though. Yeah. I just thought, it, it's an adorable dog. He actually reminds me of the dog that the Grinch has, Max. They yeah, look little, very similar. He's a little bigger yeah. than Max, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, little shaggy dog. He's cute. He's cute. <laughs> I can see that. But yeah, there's a few interactions with Miss Deagle where she just is being an awful person and wants to kill a dog. Yeah. Over oh, a, my heart. I'm over sorry. Over a lawn ornament. <laughs> 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 that line cracks me up every fucking time. My heart. But no, and then her kill scene is ridiculous, if only because, like, she's on this stairlift that the gremlins break, and then it acts like she goes up, like, seven flights of stairs, <laughs> yeah. and then it's one story? Yeah. <laughs> like, Two-story house, yeah, but yeah. 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 Um, another character that just kind of is in and out throughout the whole thing is Dick Miller. He plays Mr. Futterman. Yes. And he basically just pops in to complain about foreigners, <laughs> imported merchandise, by oh, the, that's really it. Yeah, by the, by the time I got through with this film, I was like, fuck Futterman. Yeah, he just he just pops up, spews some xenomorphic, xeno, xenomorphic. <laughs> <laughs> he yes. spewed green there, acid all there over are, everybody. There are no aliens in this film. <laughs> well, we don't know. <laughs> the outline might be. never explain yeah. whether or not they were not. Um, some xenophobic commentary yeah. and then pop right back out. It was like he could not say a sentence without sounding awful. No. He... Futterman futs around, makes <laughs> incredibly and racist I, quotes about uh, foreign merchandise, and then is just terrible to his wife. He is. Like, there's there's one point where the gremlins are fucking with the antenna of their house, and he's like, bas- basically looks at his wife, like, stop fucking with the TV. And she's like, is she so, like, <laughs> about it? Which, like, oh my god, like, 50s wife to, is what I imagine, because she's just like, you did it, dear. Like, if you looked at me and you're like, stop fucking with the TV, I'd be like, Excuse me, I'm not touching shit right now. <laughs> she, but she's just like, ah, you're so mean to me and it's adorable. There yeah. would be words. Yeah, there would be words. Yeah. Um, Judge Reinhold's character, he, I expected more, honestly. He plays Gerald Hopkins, which is like Billy's rival at the bank. Yeah, he seemed like he was going to be more of an antagonist. And, you know, because he, he's kind of hassling Billy and like, I'm going to, I'm when the old man, it's basically the RoboCop thing. When the old man won't be here forever. And yeah. When I get there, I'm going to fire your ass. Yeah. And he's after Phoebe Kate's character. And so like, you see him Again. at the bank after the whole dog incident. And then he comes back to the bar where Billy's there drinking, you know, his draft. They poured a bottle of beer basically in a mason jar and handed it to him. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't things don't taste under, better out of mason jars? I don't understand that. Like, no, just give me the bottle. that point, don't changes anything. Don't, don't dirty up the, the glass. Just give me the bottle. I guess they did set up here that Billy is a pretty talented artist because he did draw a photo of Mrs. Deagle's head on a dragon. And in <laughs> part true. two, that's true. I think in part two, that's what gets him into his career finally because I believe he's an architect or something for whatever right. company that is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but yeah. So he shows up there, and he's kind of hitting on uh, Kate, Kate, and yeah. she's not having it. So mm-hmm. to her credit, she's just like, "Screw you, buddy." Yeah, mm-hmm. I I love that line where he's like, "You haven't seen my new apartment." She's like, "I haven't seen your old apartment." Right. 
Uh, and Billy thinks that's pretty funny. But then after that scene, he just disappears. You never see him again. Yeah, I he, know. He shows up for like 10 minutes, spends all of them making an ass of himself, and then disappears into the aether. Well, maybe I just haven't seen enough Judge Reinhold movies, but everything I have seen him in, I swear to God, he plays the same character over and over and over. He's always that little, like, boot, boot-licking lackey slimy character i would say probably his character in fast times is different um travis you gotta watch it you just you have to um aiden's wearing his spicoli shoes and everything but (laughs) we're um i I couldn't help but think of and maybe it's just because i watched it this week but i couldn't help but think of his character neil in the santa claus where it feels the same way where i'm smug guy he's the same character yeah he's just doing it to tim allen instead of (laughs) no the only difference is he's wearing a turtleneck that's he's wearing like one of those coogee sweaters yeah that's that's about (laughs) it yeah yeah (laughs) it's cosby dad sweaters he is he's the same guy yeah Yeah. i mean it just it just feels that way maybe i'm i'm but i'm wrong but originally apparently he was supposed to have at least somewhat bigger of a role and it was going to conclude with him basically going nuts and hiding out in the bank vault or some shit like that right and i would have i would have liked to have seen i mean we uh i can't talk we established that there are some plot holes in this film and plot points that don't go anywhere and that's one of them that i would have liked to have seen them follow through on it's like what happened to that guy mrs deagle got her comeuppance why can't he um i do feel like one character we need to cover is kate by far the most deserving of the Employee of the Year Award I have ever seen. Um, aside from working, what, two jobs all day, every day, um, she also, during basically an assault on the bar, continued to work her job. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't either. Like, as soon as little green men come in there, why do you stay? Why don't you just walk the fuck out and go, nope. As soon as the Martians invade, just leave. And you know what? They're supposed to refuse service to intoxicated customers, and those little guys were fucked up. Oh, yeah. They were tore they up from were, the floor up. They were drunk. Hold on. She but- was breaking the law, serving them alcohol. Yeah, she yeah. was, like, serving their beer, lighting their cigarettes, giving them popcorn, like... Okay, but they were also underage while they were drinking and smoking. <laughs> they were only, like, two days old, if, if that. No, it was, like... A day? 18 hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but- That's a fact. But no, like, t- to their credit, even as just horrendously wasted as they are, they are playing some S-class darts. <laughs> like, they drew the little cartoon outline around Gizmo as he's <laughs> stuck there on the board. <laughs> you know, my one of my favorite scenes is, this is gonna sound so fucking weird, like, of everything that happens in this film, and I'm sure people are like, oh, this is my favorite scene, this is my favorite scene, and it's probably something that's well-known. Mine is actually, there's a scene of one of them's dressed like a little mobster and he's sitting at a table and they're playing like this, I don't know, mob style music or whatever. And then all of a sudden you see this little bee puppet pop out from the table. He's all, no, he's all, beady popper, beady popper. I don't know why. And then he brings out a ladybug puppet. And he's all, la, 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 la. I don't know why. That is my favorite scene of the entire fucking movie. God. Isn't he the one that gets shot? <laughs> oh, I do like the one that has the ski mask and the gun, too. Yeah, no, the one that got shot was the one that was cheating at cards. 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you have stripes sitting there, and then there's there's always a gremlin dressed up as a female gremlin, which mm-hmm. uh-huh. they never established gender on any of these. Right. So maybe I don't know. Maybe it's prison rules. Well, I maybe. mean, they're basically running around naked. You never see anything on any of them, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe you know they had that idea, and that's why they decided to run with it in the right. second one. Right. It's like she sees him cheating, so she tells Stripe, and Stripe just pulls a gun and shoots him, which is kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> the thing, the thing that kills me about Gremlins is that, as you pointed out, they're hours old. Yeah. They're born. They're born hyper intelligent, knowing how to do everything. Yeah. And loving everything. They are born completely up to date any with every activity, any drug, any booze. Like they immediately <laughs> love it. They've got yeah. the ultimate addictive personalities. Yeah, but my, I, I think I asked this while we were watching the movies. Like, how do they know this stuff? How do they know how to shoot guns? How do they know the Hi Ho song from Snow White? Hi Ho, Hi Ho. Without having hi-ho, ever watched the movie before. Go. Like, well, to be fair, the whole song is only like eight <laughs> words. <laughs> That's fair. And whistling. And they just but repeat they it over and over it again. from the beginning, though. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, how do they know this song? But yeah, you're you're right about that because there is a scene, too, where one of the gremlins decides that he has to go knock over a candy store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he knows how to do yum, it. Yum, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He knows he, they can identify it as candy, even though they've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Like, they know if they're going to rob somebody, got to wear a ski mask. Yeah. <laughs> to flash, to wear a little trench coat and flash. I mean, yeah. they're familiar with popular culture, so. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Lot, lots of questions. Um, yeah. I was just thinking of Super Platypus. <laughs> oh, God, Mom. <laughs> no, Dad was talking about pop culture, and obviously they mimic a scene from Flashdance where... The little gremlin's wearing the little pink sweater and the leg warmers, and he's doing his dancing and all that. Um, yeah, it, it's just funny. I mean, those feel more like in jokes for the audience than there's there's no reason for them to know all this stuff. Yeah, um, I will say one of my favorite gremlins in there, other than the one with the puppets, is the one that just has like a ridiculous amount of cigarettes in his mouth. Like wow. <laughs> I mean, if if nothing else, I'm sure he was having a good time. Honey, did you have a favorite? Because like I, I could think about part two and I already know your favorite is in part two, but did you have a favorite on this one? Stripe. Stripe? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's my favorite. Why? Who's my favorite on the second one? The intelligent one, the hyper smart gremlin. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like remember the you dentist me one too. He's the same. He's the same. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like now we have to cover the second one because the second one has like exponentially more substance. And than I'm this pretty one. sure it's a Christmas movie, also. No, it? it's not. Is it not? No, no it's not centered around. Well, technically, holiday. this one's not a Christmas movie either because it was released in what July? Die Hard's a Christmas June, movie. June, July, something like that. Yes, so. but it's set at Christmas time. It's mm-hmm. set in whatever town Back <laughs> to the Future was in. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I think that's pretty much it for the characters, isn't it? Not completely. I mean, so you, basically there's just that, the stuff that we kind of talked about. Some, some jump scares kind of scattered throughout. Mom has a showdown with uh, Mm -hmm. some gremlins. And originally she was supposed to die in that scene. Yeah, they were supposed to decapitate her and throw her head downstairs. Right. Um, But she kills a few of them. I, I just realized something. She is the most powerful character in this entire movie because she's the only one that killed more than one uh, gremlin directly. Like, she goes out of her way to kill multiple of them. Yes. She was prepared for melee. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but yeah, so other than that showdown, that's all it is. It's some chasing around and some some uh, jump scares from the, the gremlins. Till you get to the final showdown, which is in a department store, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, it looks like a really mall a, almost. They have mall? big fountain or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's kind of the same thing. Zach is chasing Stripe around and kind mm-hmm. of Billy. A, what did I say? Zach. Oh, his name his is real Zach. name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Samuel Loomis. Three times. Um, <laughs> three questions. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. I don't even know where I was going with that. Anyway, so he's chasing around, kind of getting his ass kicked by Stripe. And there's a fountain, and like it all gets turned on. Gizmo is driving around this tiny little car that <laughs> apparently it makes noises, but I guess it's not electric. Because he's yeah. not holding a remote, I guess it's a tiny little like remote control Barbie gas powered car or something. Yeah, I was like, who with is, working yeah. pedals and a steering wheel. Yeah, it's like who is holding the button down <laughs> on that remote? Like I don't know how he was driving it, but he was driving it, and like there's some of the plot holes you were talking about. Like there's uh-huh. a gremlin standing next to this fountain that's on, and when you see it, come on, it's spraying water all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he Gizmo got one drop of water on him. And sprouted a buddy. Right. Mm-hmm. This gremlin stand next to this fountain, clearly getting sprinkled on. Yeah. Nothing. He climbs up the side of it. Nothing. Nothing. He's got like feet in the water. Nothing. Dips a finger in. He ET phones home with one finger into the puddle on top, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's got the worst case of back knee you've ever seen. That's right. Yes. It's horrible. So I guess there's a requirement for how much water contact there can be in certain situations. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense because when Stripe took the did a cannonball into the pool, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I love his little just going down the water. <laughs> yeah, holding his nose. Um, it's so great. Like he immediately like was swimming in ecto cooler. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what Mountain Dew does to your bowels. <laughs> Bob, he was immediately swimming in Baja Blast. Right. And but it was an instant reaction, and in the very in the final scene, like we've got this delayed. Well, you know, we're gonna wait for him to stick his fingertip in it. His hand was in it all the way up. He's climbing yeah. up the side. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Well, no, my thing is that, like even with Gizmo, if one drop of water made Gizmo sprout like a like a little extra um, magwai, then like, just yeah, whatever. <laughs> then just the humidity of that greenhouse should have something. Yeah something and then there's the the sort of a continuity problem with the final showdown where gizmo like releases a shutter and it's daylight outside mm-hmm. but in Ew. the final sequence when the main when stripe melts it there's clearly two sets of windows open yeah so apparently uh billy was supposed to open the other set but they cut it because mm-hmm. they wanted gizmo to be the hero or how about the slowest cutting chainsaw we've ever seen <laughs> yeah <laughs> A chainsaw can cut down a tree, but it will not cut through a wooden baseball bat. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, that was at best, at best made of, like, maple. And, like, no, even then, made, it wouldn't made, have taken that they're long. They're made out of ash. Like, I think every wooden baseball bat's made out of ash. Uh, is that a, that, you're that the big wood expert, Matt? No, I mean, horrible. it would cut through it fine. Yeah, like, it would, it, no matter it what, it would It wouldn't really slow woof. it down. It would just go yeah. right through it, like... Well, I, I was asking about it when we were watching it because you, you know, used to do har- carpentry. And so you knew different wood densities of what was right. softer and what was thicker. And So the mesquite that I used to work with is harder than ash. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, chainsaw yeah. would have gone right through it. 
Yeah, I just thought that was amazing but that it was like... He held it up there for like 10 minutes. It's yeah. like that Monty Python scene of Lancelot running up the hill and running up the hill and running up the hill because you keep cutting to him trying to cut through this bat and it's like it's made no fucking it, dent. It's, it's Michael McDonald getting killed by a Zamboni. Yeah. <laughs> Stop! Yeah. Or the steamroller, yeah. whichever one. But um, yeah. But these, these I, th- I think my problem, and this is where a lot of the plot holes, I think, come from too is the sheer stupidity of the characters right because like at the end the mom's like i bet he'd like some chicken soup and i'm like the chicken soup made with water <laughs> well what about the beer they were drinking at the bar that's made yeah. with water <laughs> exactly. yeah and then once they know that they have a light sensitivity why is no one turning on the fucking lights every single time they enter a room seriously uh, I think god forbid the, you grab a flashlight yeah i think the power had been cut off in the um, but not every fucking building they went yeah, into. i know but well, like i mean it doesn't matter because i mean at some point it, i mean that weakness is situational because you do yeah. see gizmo like running down the side of a building in broad daylight like if, 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 that's true that's very true but he was fine yeah. but if they were as smart as they're supposed to be why wouldn't one of them think their first move to be take out the transformer in town you know uh to be fair don't don't they crash one of the giant um freaking towers the, like out on the road yeah i don't i don't know i i think they were way too drunk to taste that chicken <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Because um, they were hitting the tequila pretty hard. Yeah, but just not only their intelligence, but their strength was like, okay, either like, uh, what's his name? Billy's mom was just built different or their strength only comes in bursts. Because in one side, we see them claw through like a oh, metal yeah. vent and, yeah. like, we watch one of them, like, these things look like they're made of just bone, but we watch one huck a frickin', um, like, saw blade straight into a wall, and it makes it, like, three inches, four inches in. Yeah, but during the fight in the kitchen, uh, Billy's mom just got, like, these three little scratches on her face. Right. Well, it was, didn't she get scratched more than was? She just, like, completely yeah. fine. It was <laughs> a love scratch. And when Billy's chasing, uh, chasing Stripe through the mall or whatever. Yeah, he gets like, one over when his he back. knocks him down. Like, after he's just shredded his way through a metal uh, ventilation duct. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, just rakes him across his chest. <laughs> and Billy just, like, gets up. It's like that, that would have gone to the bone, I would think. Like <laughs> it should have. Yeah. They're not consistent with what the Their the, strength. the capacity of these gremlins yeah. were right. do. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that does that kind of does it for the story. Like I said, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. And I know we kinda of already touched on acting, but one thing that I kinda of wanted to bring up was uh Kate, Phoebe Kate's character. There's one scene in this film where she's talking about why she hates Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought of South Park. I'm not going to go there, but that's what I thought about. And I'm trying to think of how South Oh, Park come was. on. You know, we watched the Christmas episode every oh, year. Oh, oh, gotcha. And then you find out that's not it. <laughs> that's not the reason well, she, she hates Christmas. Well, she had brought it up like earlier yeah. in the film about suicide rates being higher right. she just seemed grumpy about the yeah she wasn't happy about general. it at all um but then she tells that she has this monologue and it's delivered well and it's a really sad story uh, i guess her dad dressed up as santa claus and tried to go in through the chimney and like slipped and broke his neck and they didn't find him till a few days later the biggest chimney in the world apparently how big was your chimney that a human could fit in it i, I would assume that it had about the same circumference as one of those or like uh like one of those uh um, did he have tim allen magic barrels. yeah or <laughs> was your dad remarkably small <laughs> just a very small and man. very thin yeah like a pipe cleaner. <laughs> I just chimney sweep. 
I don't understand how a human's going to fit. Like how, how big is their house? Yeah. That you would need a fireplace large enough that has a chimney wide enough to fit a human in it. But my point is that whole story, while sad and the monologue well delivered, doesn't seem to fit with the theme of this movie it very well. It feels very out of place. Like it, it sticks out. Yes. Yeah. It's not bad. It just feels like it. Sh- that was that's something they took out of another movie, a sadder movie, and stuck in this one. <laughs> well, it was a re- it was in the original script, from my understanding. The the much more horror centric script. But Joe Dante fought for that dialogue to stay in. Right. I mean, yeah. This, yeah. Chris Columbus wrote this as a much darker movie than what we received. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels like Spielberg took it and was like, okay, so it's going to be Gremlins, but we're going to kind of turn it into E.T., But even mm-hmm. though E.T. hadn't come out yet. Although there was E.T. references within the film. There were. And my question was, if E.T. hadn't come out yet, why was there a direct reference to one of the scenes in the film? And that being that there is a little E.T. doll sitting on the shelf, and then there comes a little gremlin head poking through, very much like the scene where D. Wallace's mom character goes to snoop in the closet and et's head is there amongst the stuffed animals so et actually came out in 1982 oh okay i thought i had heard that it yeah. didn't come out till that, after. that's what i heard too yeah was that it didn't come out until after but according, according to imdb it et came out in 1982 yeah okay well joe blow was wrong you heard it here first oh, <laughs> calling him out like that huh are you, are i think you, it was joe blow i could be wrong are you saying joe blows <laughs> That's kind of mean, Mom. That's kind of mean. (laughs) Anyway, but I, Travis and I did look at each other and we were like, oh, I understood that reference. (laughs) Right. But anyway, um, yeah, and there's a few of those throughout. Like, there's a couple of posters in the back that look dangerously like an Indiana Jones poster. So Spielberg kind of sprinkled some of his shit through there. Joe Dante had referenced some of his previous work in the movie. So There was also... Uh, a, a lot of little sci-fi Easter eggs in there too, right. like uh, the time machine that had funny little bit there with the machine, the sheet, blah, 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 the machine that was there one minute and then gone the next. Yeah, and everybody it, looking it was for the, it. The Orson Welles time machine. Yeah, and then um, at one point they're watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That was fun, but there were some non-sci-fi things in there too. There was like a Road Warrior poster in Billy's room. Like so <laughs> clearly somebody just loved film. Right. Outside of what this movie was meant for, it was also used as a platform for shameless self-promotion. What, Burger King? Oh, no. (laughs) Now, Burger King was next to the pet store. (laughs) That would raise some questions. Yeah. So, I guess kind of moving on to special effects. I I feel like they were pretty good. I like the puppetry. They're pretty fucking good. Yeah, I um, I appreciated the fact that they decided against uh, what was it, they were originally going to use CG or something. Uh, or no some, boy, that didn't really that exist was not back a then. Thing in or, no, sorry, <laughs> but it was that they they were going to do something originally and then decided to do the puppetry instead. Um, we we had literally I just heard about that. I don't. Yeah, but I don't think you're getting it. <laughs> no, no, no. He did, but I can't remember what it was. He's he's right, but yeah, I can't remember what it was they had originally. I don't remember. And oh, it was stop use, motion. Yeah, they yeah, were stop motion, which they still used for one scene in the movie, which is still kind of cool. But I like I like. The I'm stop glad motion. they didn't go full blown Clash of the Titans through the whole movie. Yeah, I feel like the puppets were good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I think those things still hold up. I do too. I mean, the, it was. 
pretty much like the way they did Chucky by the time you got around to Child's Play 2, where they ran the stuff where the wires for all the puppetry went underneath the floor and somebody was operating from underneath, which I think is, is a brilliant method. Um, and I believe it's Chris Wallace who is responsible for all of this stuff. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think we have talked about Chris Wallace way back when, when we reviewed The Fly. So we kind of know that the dude was pretty talented anyway. Yeah. And, but I mean, as far as the, the sort of special effects that you expect to see in a horror movie, really the only one that I can think of is the end where Stripe dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he melts. Yeah. And he that, gets, that shit straight out of Hellraiser. When he gets reverse <laughs> like, deboned. That looks like Frank. Yeah. I remember dying. that being one scene that scared me as a kid. That something about those white eyeballs and yeah. yeah. But that's an effect that I I think that one holds up too. Yeah, and then it, to add just more creepiness on top of it, it's making fucking cat sounds the entire time that it's dying. Like, even when it's just bones, it's still making noise. Even yeah, when it's a puddle on the floor, it's still making noise. Yeah. I don't know how it made noises without vocal cords, but it was impressive. Hey, <laughs> I don't know how it was born knowing how to take a shot of tequila properly. <laughs> when to do the lime, when to do the salt. But he knew, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, Score-wise, the last couple of films we reviewed really haven't had much. Right. But this one, while I don't know that I would call it like a score, there's a theme song mm-hmm. um, that's instantly recognizable as this is the Gremlins song. Right. And then the little tune that, that Gizmo, Gizmo sings. Song. Mm-hmm. That's when I could hear it, and I would not be able to tell you that it came from this movie, but I'd be like, oh, I know that from somewhere. Right. I wouldn't, yeah, I would know exactly what that is, because it's, it's the most fucking adorable little thing I, I've I can't ever remember heard. people's names. What is so. that melody? <laughs> <laughs> so wrapping this thing up, because I, I know for, for a movie that we said didn't have a lot of substance, we've been at this for a bit now. <laughs> so why don't uh, everybody kind of take the floor and talk about what you loved and or hated about this film? Um, I guess I'll go first. I loved, I just loved the gremlins. Every scene that they were in is just very near and dear to my heart because each and every one of them was just hilarious. It was, I don't know, memorable. They were great. As far as hated goes, I mostly just hated Miss Deagle. Sorry, Beagle. It's Deagle. She might as well be named after a dog. Why she hated them. That, exactly. The <laughs> irony alone. So, um, I guess for me, I, I'm like anybody else. I fucking love Gizmo. It's, it's like the most adorable puppet ever known to be made. Um, I don't... I understand, like, the the story that they're trying to tell. The overarching theme here, basically, with great power comes great responsibility. But... I, I, I am irritated about how nobody, even at the end, nobody seemed to learn their lesson from it, even after everything they went through. The dad is still a snake oil salesman. Uh, Billy's still a klutz. Well, I mean, I don't know. There, there was a scene at the beginning, pretty much right after uh, Gizmo got knocked up, where, <laughs> <laughs> where he called his dad in there, and his first thought is, I bet every kid in America wants one of these. And at the end, when he's getting taken away by Mr. Wing, he they seem like Billy legitimately is like, Dad, like like he's worried about his little friend going away. Mm-hmm. But Dad seems to be more like, well, hey, now, this, this is mine. And mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like 
And he, and again, mom offered him chicken soup immediately after the events just happened. And it's like, did nobody learn a fucking thing? Well, and that's the thing. And I don't think we talked about it earlier was that um, when the old man comes back and basically he just throws the money on the couch and he tells him, you're not ready for this. Mm-hmm. You're not ready for a mogwai. And he, he repos, <laughs> he repos mogwai. <laughs> Repos Gizmo and takes him back to the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like nobody, there's not, this is not a movie where you have a moral to the story at the end. Like there is one, but none, no one that was in the film actually learned the lesson. At the end of the movie, Corey Feldman was still the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but yeah, they didn't really learn anything from this. It, it didn't feel like they did to me, especially considering that it happens again in part two. Yeah. There was a part two. Oh, yeah, and they make all of the same mistakes a second time. Well, to be fair, yes, Corey Feldman did start this chain of events. I mean, but it's not like he did it on purpose. He, he wasn't all like pocket sand with the jar of water <laughs> or anything. He was he legitimately knocked it over. Didn't like take a water gun and just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knocked it over on accident. The problem was how nonchalantly they treated it after the fact. Like, if these were the Mm -hmm. rules that were set up, they must have been there for some importance, and nobody bothered to question what the repercussions of their actions would be. Okay, but, so, the the craziest thing about them learning nothing is that, like, the population of their town was just reduced by, like, half. Most of their infrastructure was destroyed, and they're just, huh, oh well, guess it's Tuesday tomorrow. Well, to be fair, though, Mr. Wing, right? Mm -hmm. He never... Somebody explained the rules. Maybe it was the kid that explained the rules to the dad. Mm-hmm. But did did he ever tell the dad why? No. Right? We no. talked about that earlier. So clearly dad didn't tell Billy why. Why you don't get him wet. Yeah. Why you don't feed him mm-hmm. after midnight. But did the kid who sold Gizmo to the dad explain this is why you don't do that? No. no. Or did they say, no, you don't, don't. And <laughs> you don't, don't. And they were like, screw you. I'll do it if I want to. Right. Make my own Mogwai so, with I don't blackjack know. and hookers. But so I, I guess that's the, the the thing that I hated. That and Dad felt pretty fucking useless throughout. <laughs> yeah. So is it for me? So it's it your turn? yeah, your turn. So what did I love about the movie? I like Gizmo and I like the Gremlins. Um, what I I wouldn't say hated, but what I didn't like was basically the rest of the movie. Um, <laughs> the dad served the dad. You could take the dad out of this. Because his his only purpose for being in this film was just a device to get Gizmo to their house. Hold on, he had a second purpose. He also provided the mother with all of the tools to demolish those freaking <laughs> okay. gremlins. But but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he that's a character in like all the crap with him sitting his little invention convention. Mm-hmm. Like there was no purpose for no. him. He would that was just there were pad and run time. Or that's something. yeah, that was my problem. Um, I guess something else that I. Not really a dislike. I want to see the movie that Chris Columbus originally wrote. You want to see the horror movie? I want to see the legit horror movie version of this. Yeah. Um, I like the comedy that's involved, Mm -hmm. but you Mm -hmm. could keep that comedy and and still do a legit horror movie out of it. I mean, like Leprechaun Um, did. Well, they did. They made Critters. Oh, yeah. That's fair. (laughs) So, which this one, they said spawned a whole, like, munchies and ghoulies Ghoulies. and... Mm -hmm. Basically, anytime you have a tiny thing that's terrorizing people, it's a Gremlins ripoff, which right. is fair. Are you saying the Leprechaun is Critters? A... No, but Critters, ripoff? Critters is pretty direct because they were produced by popping little hairy balls out of them too. <laughs> yeah, like uh, it's kind of on the nose with that one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, that's it. I think it's not. 
I don't know. I, I like Gremlins 2 better, so I guess if I was going to change anything about this one, I'd just, just make it a real horror movie. Leave Gremlins 2 alone, make this one the thing it was supposed to be. Yeah. Right. This one's a legit horror movie, and then the second one could be the parody of that film. This could be Evil Dead 1. Right. And then that can be Evil Dead number 2. Right. Yeah. Where the blood's weird colors and Ash cuts his hand off. Yeah. Or they could have just done what Gremlins 2 did. We just needed more cowbell. No, That's pretty this was, much what they did. Yeah, this, yeah. that's... So Gremlins 2 is a spoof of this movie, sort of. Like, mm. they, they satire their own film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And so that that's not really what you're looking for. I think this one needed to be real. You know, an honest-to-goodness horror film. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. it got spielberg Yeah. So it's not. It had the same thing happen to it that happened to fucking Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> they hired a bunch of people to do it. And then Spielberg walked in and said, Fathers knows, knows best, and took it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And turned it into his film. Yeah. Which, if I wanted to watch one of his movies, I'd watch fucking Jaws. Exactly, right? Yeah. So, you know, give me give me that film. And just, he just needs to leave the rest of them alone. Let them make their movie. Yeah. Right? Let them shoot their shot. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for this episode of Dead and Married. I have been your host, Ashley. And I'm Aiden. I'm still Travis. (laughs) I don't know why I did that. (laughs) We're all still the same people we were about an hour ago. Corey Feldman is still the worst. (laughs) Thank you for joining for us this episode. Next week, we are going to come back with... We'll come back swinging. We're ending the month of December with The Thing. That's a bold choice. I know it is. I know it is. And we're not nearly smart enough to analyze that film, but I fucking love it. We're going to have to depend on the intelligence of others for that one. We're going to have to ride that beard for an hour. I am not others. I'm going to have to grow my beard out after we do that No, you're not. (laughs) If you did, that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) But anyways, we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. See ya. Bye. What would you do to save the life of a teenage boy? If you subscribe to our Patreon for just 3 to $10 a month, you can get Aiden out of the industrial-sized hamster wheel we use to power our show. <laughs> for that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth shit with them on anyway. Also be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration.